Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A wonderful description and bond that God gives between His church and His Son, Jesus Christ, is that of the human body. There are a wonderful description of God and Christians, such as Christ is a shepherd and we are His sheep. And God is our Father, and we are His children. Uh, he is our King, and we are His servants. You know, but in the context of the church, God gives a little more detail and the obvious reminder who is it, who He is to the church, and what the church is to Him. He depicts a strong and eternal relationship with the human body. Christ is the head, and church is the body. The Bible says in Colossians 1.18, And he is the head of the body, the church. In Ephesians 5.23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is a savior of the body. So God, over and over again, reminds us, the great relationship between Christ and the church, and the way he does that is through the illustration of the human body. Now, as we think of this this, uh, uh, depiction, it's a constant reminder for all of us to consider. Why is that? Because we are certainly aware of our own bodies each and every single day. You know, I'm sure all of you are aware this morning, okay, where your head is and where your body is. And what your head is doing and what your body is doing. I think all of us have a constant reminder of the body that we have. We look at ourselves in the mirror. We take care of our bodies each day. We exercise or maybe take showers. And we think about uh, what we wear for our bodies. And uh, ladies might put on makeup and curl their hair. And men shave and maybe comb their hair. And, and uh, you know, uh, there are different, uh, uh, different uh, uh, type of management that we might have with our bodies. And uh, we do care for it each and every day. And we constantly remind ourselves what our body is doing. And And so God has used the obvious to illustrate this truth. I think about, there are several other uh, illustrations that God gives, and and he uses the obvious all the time. We think about rocks, and that God used a rock, and he said, upon this rock I will build my church. And, And talking about the great foundation, the cornerstone of our Savior Jesus. And also, he talks about the bread, and Jesus says, I am the what? The bread of life. And uh, he Talks about water. We see water, you know, uh, every single morning and lunchtime or dinner time, and we drink it. And God says, I am the living water. And uh, uh, he talks about the door in the book of John. And, and uh, he says, I am the door. Uh, uh, talk about trees in Psalm 1, that uh, if you are a blessed man, you like, you like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth this fruit in a season. So God always has used the obvious to illustrate his truth so that we are constantly reminded of who he is and what he wants us to do. And the most obvious illustration or depiction that God gives concerning his truth about the church and himself is the body. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we might not be around rocks or maybe bread or uh, doors or waters or trees uh, all the time, but we do have our bodies all the time. And uh, as we uh, think about our body and our head, we should constantly remind ourselves of the great relationship between Christ and the church. And there are some several truths 
and remembrance that God wants to give us through this illustration. First, the head controls the body. And we know that Ephesians chapter 5, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as a church, is subject unto Christ. And, and uh, we all ought to recognize that we're not of our own. And we need to be submissive to the authority of our chief shepherd and our Savior, Jesus. So we need to be subject and surrender to our God. And then secondly, the head cares for the body. And the Bible says, uh, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it in Ephesians chapter 5. And then also, uh, not only does he care for the church, he uses the body to move, feel, and act. Ephesians chapter 1, it says in verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So, we serve a living God. Do we believe that? Okay, so he feels, he thinks, and he moves. Now, is Jesus Christ physically here with us today? No, he's not. But he does have his body, which is the church. And he wishes to uh, 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 move this church, and he wishes to fill us with this spirit so that he may do his work. So we need a church that is moving by the Holy Spirit of God and by the authority of the head, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And think about our bodies this morning. Our body would not move unless our head tells us so. Our body would not feel unless our head tells us so. Our body would not act unless our head tells us so. And our head decides what the body does. And like so, Christ decides and plans what the body should do. And they are full of instructions that we need to take heed as a body in what the head tells us to do. And we need to obey them. And we need to acknowledge them. And we need to always remind ourselves of the commandments of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and how sad it is when the body, the church, refuses to obey Christ's direction. The body can become useless. The church can become useless. It could become uh, uh, in a, a vegetable and maybe a dead state. Christ warns the, uh, and admonishes the church of Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name thou livest. Let's say the last three words together. Ready? And are dead. Wow. Christ says you're dead. You have a living name. You're a Sardis church, but you are dead. And, uh, you know, Christ is very frank with them. And ladies and gentlemen, there are dead churches, they're not moving. They're not feeling. They're not acting. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting, just being there. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't want to be a church uh, that is dead. We don't want to be a church that doesn't move. We don't want to be a church that doesn't feel. No, we want to have the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want Christ to move us all the time. In South Africa, in the late 1980s, Martin Pretorius was 12 years old when he fell into a coma. And he remained a vegetative uh, state for 12 years. Doctors in South Africa were not sure what caused his illness, but suspect it was cryptical uh, meningitis. And his condition grew worse, and eventually he lost all ability to move and speak and even to make eye contact with his family. 
Physician said he would die, but his family proceeded with a routine. Every morning, his father would get up 5 a.m., dress Martin, and take him to the care center. At the end of the day, he'd give him a bath, feed him dinner, and put him to bed. His parents also set an alarm to go off every two hours to turn Martin's body so that he wouldn't get bed sores. I mean, can you imagine the lifestyle for this parent, for this parents? And it was their life for 12 years and also for Martin this way. But now today, miraculously, Martin is able to talk again. He uses a computer to speak and is mobile with a wheelchair. His awareness has fully returned. And if you look at the next uh, picture, uh, uh, he wrote a book called Ghost Book, My Escape from a Life Locked Inside My Own Body. Martin tells what he remembers from those 12 years. He says he thinks he began to wake up about two years into his coma, and he was fully aware of what was going on for the next 10 years, even though he wasn't able to move. He remembers many things from that time when everyone around him thought he couldn't hear them and thought he didn't know what was going on. He said, everyone was so used to me not being there that they didn't notice when I began to be present, present again. Stuck in his body without the ability to move or communicate, he felt doomed. It was especially bad when the care center would sit patients in front of the television all day and choose a TV show they need to watch. And he said, I used to hate Barney's. And sadly, Martin also heard his mother tell him, one day, I hope you die during this process. Joanne Petorius, the mother, feels guilty about this. And knowing now, in fact, that Martin was aware of what she said. But Martin understands that it came from her own desperation and sadness for his bleak existence. And uh, it's a victorious story about this man who just came back alive. Now he's able to move and talk and hear. But as we think about his vegetative estate and maybe uh, the time where his body was not functioning, but we see that his head was live and well. His mind was aware. It wanted to move, it wanted to respond, but it wasn't able to. Why? Because the body was broken. The body was not functioning. The body was not responsive. Oh, how Jesus Christ is frustrated with many churches today. He wishes to move, he wishes to act, and he wishes to see a church that responds to his calling, but the church is not doing anything. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to be a church that is constantly responding to the head, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, have compassion, love the lost, and be there for those who are dying and going to hell. Hey, love those co-workers, and love your neighbor, and, and do something for them. Hand out literature, and, and uh, you know, speak kindly to them, and, and love your enemies. Hey, do something as a church. Would you respond to my calling and my commandments? But the church is sitting idle and doing nothing. They're making their money. They're making their finances and they're making their uh, they're doing their jobs and doing their everyday duty but the spiritual things is being neglected and i believe the church i mean the head our savior jesus christ is somewhat frustrated what are we doing as a church are we moving today how about you as an individual are you moving because everyone is a member of the body you might be an arm you might be a foot. But I don't know about you. You know, when one portion of my body aches and does something, I cannot fully function well. Uh, this uh, foot right here, I got uh, slammed in uh, by uh, 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 a cabinet because I was moving a cabinet for my mother. Uh, 
uh, to this other location, and then, and then it just slammed right on my foot, and, and it's been hurting since. Uh, it's been just not been the same all this time, and, and uh, um, as we, uh, as, as we uh, went along for a couple months, it healed, and then it got better, and then I remember one time the college students were having those little tiny skateboards. What is that called, Anna? What is it? Painting board? Penny board. Okay, those tiny, small penny boards. I get that's the trend, you know, go through the college campus with those. And I was like, yeah, I like, I like to ride that. I want to try that. I wrote it and I fell. Amen. All right. But anyways, and then, but I twisted my ankle very hard and that same foot. And then uh, I was aching. And then now, after a year and a half, it's still not the same. And at night, I have to kind of twist it around, just make sure it doesn't get too stiff. Dr. Paul is laughing. Am I old, Dr. Paul? I don't know. And, uh, you know, when the cold weather sets in, you know, it starts aching, you know. And, uh, you know, it's not the same. And I exercise, do jumping jazz, or maybe do push-up. It's still not the same. I might have to go see, a, you know, acupuncture. Or is there any, anybody with healing gifts here? Amen? No? Oh, okay. But anyways, you know, uh, it's not the same. And you might be a, a, a one member of the body, but if you're not doing anything, the whole church might be suffering. And Christ acknowledges, the head acknowledges, when one member is not doing something for him. Oh, that person's not giving. That person is not obeying the Great Commission. That person, I cannot get him to move. I cannot get him to come to church faithfully. And, uh, you know, Christ is very aware of his members. And ladies and gentlemen, be mindful of the fact that Jesus wants to move you. Jesus wants to move you. And I hope with all my heart that as we think about this fall season, that we will truly move and see what God can do through us. And that we will be submissive. That we will truly feel what Christ feels. We would truly know the compassion of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, and the patience of Jesus. We would know Christ and then move based upon what he wants us to do and how he feels and how his heart is so broken for this community. And we don't feel that, do we? Why? Because the body has been unresponsive. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot go through all the outlines this morning. I I hate to say it. I like to preach the whole message, but I don't have time. But the Bible says we have gifts. God says that he has put the members in particular for different gifts and different administration and operation. Everyone here has different gifts this morning. Don't you thank God I didn't play the piano this morning? Playing chopsticks today? You know, somebody else had to do that. Somebody else had to greet. Somebody else had to clean the restroom this morning or maybe even with this platform. And one of the ladies in Korean ministry came early, and I said, oh, you're early today. And she said, I was able to clean the platform, and it was her duty to do that. Yesterday, she, didn't, she wasn't able to, but she came early this morning to do that. And I believe that when people are using their gifts, whether that be help, leadership, or maybe even just uh, giving, I believe Christ recognizes that member because God gifted them. Don't you neglect your gift. Some of you people are gifted in teaching, but you are backsliding right now, and you're not wanting to serve the Lord, and you're just fine with their ease of pleasure, and you're not teaching, 
and you're neglecting the gift that God has given you and the leadership that God has given you, and you have to stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, and you're not willing to step to the par of leadership qualification, and you're not willing to give up this type of sin and give up this type of leisure, and uh, because you don't want to just stand so blameless, and you're neglecting the gift of God, my friend. Do not neglect the gift that God has given you. And then the Bible talks about how God works it, and it's not us working, it's God that's working. God, our God that work, our God's working. And God wishes to work through you. And as we move, hey, it's Christ that's moving us. As we move, it's Christ that's propelling us forward because God gets all the glory and honor. You know, some sow, some water, but God gets the increase. God is the one that's working. And then number three, remind yourself that our God-given responsibility is there. Remind yourself of God-given responsibility. You have a responsibility to fulfill. It's given by the Spirit. It's given to every man, and it's given to profit. I like that last point, to profit. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we need to bring forth much fruit. I am the vine, the other branches, he that abideth in me, and in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. All the things in the Lord has spiritual and eternal fruit. Do you believe that? God doesn't just do things without results. You may not see it today, but there's an eternal result. God does everything for a reason, and God wishes to bring forth fruit. And there are those people who have despised their responsibility, and they're given accountability to the Lord Jesus Christ, and one day you will stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, shamed. Why? Because you have no good works. Left behind after the, the fire test of the wood, hay, and stubble, and gold, silver, and precious stones. All you had is wood, hay, and stubble. And ladies and gentlemen, don't you despise what God has given you to profit. I think about what Esau said. Esau said in Genesis 25, Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? I don't know about you, that was a great big deal, wasn't it? What do you mean, this birthright? Your birthright is, you're going to have the Messiah come from that line. You're going to have a great nation. God's going to set up his kingdom with your nation. He says, oh, this birthright is nothing. It has no avail to me. I'm going to die. I need some soup. And many people are just saying, I want my pleasure for just a little season. And as you're having your pleasure in this fleshly world, God says, how did you neglect my gifts to you? Don't you know I have so much fruit that you could have abounded hundredfold, even thousandfolds of souls getting saved, people's lives being changed, the eternal fruit. How did you neglect that? Because you wanted to make more money? Just because you want to have more leisure and fun. You like your comfortable lifestyle. You did nothing for me. And then, as we think about Malachi, he has said he is vain to serve God. What profit is that? I, we have kept this ordinance. Wow, you know, these statements are amazing how these people are backsliding so much. 
What's the point of going to church? What's the point of giving tithe? What's the point of giving mission? It is vain. That's what they would say if they were here in this modern century of Christianity. It is vain to serve the Lord. Wow. I hope you don't say that. It's never vain to serve the Lord. It is never vain to give, sacrifice, and do all that you can for the lost and for this church. You have a given responsibility. What are you doing with it this morning? Are you moving as a church? Are you moving as a member in particular? Let Christ move you. Let him soften your heart. Let him give you a new vision, new perspective. Let him move you today.